بسم الله بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه وبله اما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمه الله تعالى وبركاته how are things going is it good alhamdulillah so inshallah ta'ala we are continuing our series and i believe there's only like three left inshallah ta'ala so we're getting close to the end of our series on al-amthal fi al-quran and today we're going to take a look at the ayah in Surah Al-Hadid, ayah number 20, in which Allah says, Allah says, No, no, this for a fact, no that the life of this world is but amusement and diversion and adornment and boasting to one another and competition in increasing of wealth and children, like the example of a rain whose resulting plant grow, uh, 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 grows, uh, or uh, sorry, excuse me, whose resulting plant growth pleases the tiller or the farmer. And then it dries and you see it turn yellow, then it becomes scattered debris. And in the hereafter is severe punishment and forgiveness from Allah and approval. And what is the worldly life except the enjoyment of delusion? So I know it's a lengthy ayah and there's a lot to unpack here. So the first portion is saying what? Well, first and foremost, we should know the context. This context, you find that Surah Hadid is talking about number one. You find that a very common theme throughout Surah Hadid is charity. And also you could say another major theme is jihad fi sabillah, warfare and fighting and being, being uh, courageous enough to be a warrior. And actually they go together. Why? Because war is expensive. And so because war is expensive, throughout the surah you find that Allah Ta'ala is saying you need to fight, but you also need to spend in order to actually make sure that the cavalry and the, you know, the, the warriors are you know, equipped, etc. And you find even building up to this, uh, the theme or the, uh, yeah, the theme of jihad is mentioned in ayat 18 and 19. It's uh, basically warning of cowardice and so forth. Uh, and, and, oh, excuse me, I should say, therefore, this ayah is really what it's doing is it's warning you not to be a coward in battle and do not be the type of person that clings to this life. Why? Because let's describe this dunya, how unremarkable it is and how it's all going to go away. That's really the idea here. So now that you understand you have to give charity and you have to be able to let go and fight and even die. Why? Because ultimately we're all going to go anyhow and this dunya is not something to cling to anyhow. And that's what this ayah seems to be talking about. So now that we understand the context, let's take a look at the ayah itself. No this, know this for a fact. This is a command because regardless of how much we might know it intellectually, this is a thought that doesn't stick in our hearts. So we have to be reminded. You need to think about this and really grasp it. Don't just know it as a concept. Know it in your heart and truly believe it. This obviously requires training. So what should we know? That the life of this world is nothing but, and this annama, uh, or same thing with innama, it implies uh, exclusivity. It implies that there's going to be exclusivity. That this worldly life is nothing but what? La'ibun, play. Walahun, a distraction. Wazinatun, beautification. Watafakhurun, bainakum, boasting with one another. Trying to boast, oh, I have more of this, I have more of that. So we'll see, we'll see what that is referring to in a second. Watakathurun, competing for more of what? Fil amwali wal awlad, money and children. So these five things, first and foremost, we should mention, they can all be for the sake of Allah. Theoretically, right? They could all be good things. La'ib, playing. There's such thing as good games. 
right? There's such things as, you know, games that foster uh, 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 cooperation, inclusivity, coordination, exercise. The Prophet we talked about uh, in a khutbah a while ago, كُلُّ شَيْءٍ لَيْسَ مِنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ فَهُوَ لَهْوٌ أَوْ سَهْوٌ إِلَّا أَرْبَعٍ خِصَالٍ The Prophet says, there are four things that don't include the remembrance of Allah, are distraction and forgetfulness, except for four things. That shooting between two targets. It's a good thing. It's a game, but it's a good game. Why? Because you're training how to shoot. Nowadays, it wouldn't be bow and arrows. Nowadays, it would be firearms. Uh, and training horses. Number two, which is what? Ta'dibul faras. Ta'dibul farasahu. That training of a horse. Again, it could be considered a game, but it's a good thing. And also, play, even the word playing is here. Uh, ahlahu. Playing with his family or playing with his wife. The word playing is here. Is that a bad thing? Of course not, because it fosters love in the relationship. Uh, and learning how to swim. So that could be a game too. Jumping around in the pool, is that a bad thing? No, it could be a good thing. So we have to be very cautious. What are we talking about? We're talking about all types of games? No, we're talking about, يعني, uh, 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 what's it called? Um, playing like Balthus, something that is nonsense, something that is distracting and addicting. These are the type of negative things. Then distractions, lehwun. Toys that are, teach you how to build, like, you know, I don't know, Legos, let's say, or arts and crafts, things that actually develop skills. These are good things. Against what? Addictive games that waste your time and shorten a child's attention span. And then same thing with uh, zina, beautification. In Allah jameel wa yuhibbul jamal. Allah is beautiful, he loves beauty. And there's nothing wrong with beautifying yourself. You're supposed to beautify yourself when you come to the masjid. You're supposed to dress in such a way that makes you look good uh, for your spouse. Uh, uh, and also beautification when, uh, through modesty, looking professional, looking mature, l- looking sophisticated, as opposed to what? Looking for uh, zina, right? Uh, 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 looking for fornication. This is what it's warning against, right? It's not all types of beautification. And then uh, competition. There's many ayats. Allah says, compete with one another, race with one another. Allah says, let, uh, and for this, for this paradise, let the competitors compete. So clearly there's many different things about competition. But tafakhurun is implying what? Doing it for the sake of aggrandizement or arrogance, making yourself bigger than somebody else, puffing your chest up in multiple ways. Like for example, my lineage is better than yours. My money is better than yours. Uh, I don't know, I was born in this family or I look at me, I, I look at a certain way or I have certain strength or power or whatever the case may be. And then same thing with takathrun fil amwali it's not wrong to try to work hard if you want to use that money it's a good thing and it's not bad to have lots of children for the sake of raising them for the sake of this deen we know the Prophet says what? marry the one who is wants lots of children uh, fertile and also loving why? because I'm going to boast of your great numbers on judgment day so clearly uh, uh, against the other nations clearly we're encouraged to have lots of kids so this is not saying as a blanket concept, all these five things are evil in and of themselves. They're evil if they're done with the wrong intent. I want to make that very clear. Now, play whatever distracts you and makes you addicted in this dunya, lahu, whatever is distracting you from the akhirah. This is one interpretation. And wazinatun, whatever is for the sake of zina, whatever is for the sake of not, obviously if you can dress in such a way that attracts your wife, that's fantastic, right? A husband and a wife, they want to look good for one another. Beautiful, wonderful. But if you go outside of the house and now you're trying to look good for every other woman, that's a problem. And same thing, vice versa, for the sisters. And we should remember, tafakhurum baynakum, when it comes to power or lineage or looks or whatever the case may be, we should remember that the Prophet says what? Inna Allah awha ilayya an Allah has revealed to me that we should be humble amongst ourselves and none should show pride upon one over the other. Uh, nobody should do this. 
in no way should you be bragging and being arrogant and looking down on your fellow Muslim brother. This is something that is completely uh, uh, prohibited. Furthermore, the Prophet says what? Arba'un fi ummati min amri jahiliyati la yatrukuhunna la yatrukuna la yatrukuna hunna al-fakhr fi al-ahsab al-ta'nu fi al-ansab al-istisqa' bin-nujum wa-niyaha among my people are four characteristics belonging to jahiliya, the pre-Islamic ignorance, which they will not abandon. This is a very sad reality, that there's going to be four things that they had in jahiliya times, and it's going to continue. And what are those four things? Number one, boasting of having a high rank. Oh, mashallah, al-ra'is, big shaykh, you know? <laughs> you know, getting arrogant because of a high status. Number two, reviling a person's genealogy, or simply put in our days, racism. Oh, you're from that background, I'm from this background. Racism, is it part of our ummah? Na'udhu billah, unfortunately, it's not something that went away. You would think that the ummah that of the Prophet who took Bilal al-Anhu and put him on top of the Kaaba for all the Quraysh to see, wasn't this the guy we were torturing? For them to say, look, he's going to call the Adhan and you, you're nothing. Nobody even respects you. You'd think that that ummah would understand. SubhanAllah, unfortunately, the uh, jahala is strong. May Allah Ta'ala protect us. May Allah Ta'ala forgive us. And then seeking rain by the stars. Uh, I don't believe that's something that we do in our culture, but maybe around the world, if you were to take a look at people who, you know, take a look at, uh, well, even here, what's it called? That, uh, what's it called? Astro- astrology, right? And the, yeah, I don't know, all this nonsense. SubhanAllah, I've heard that some Muslims say, yeah, you know, my kids are into this stuff. I was like, is this, is this really a thing? But apparently that jahiliya still persists. And uh, wailing, wailing, aniyaha. Wailing, you know, at a funeral, screaming, ripping your clothes, slapping your face, going crazy, etc. And And some fuqaha, they say this is the reason why the pro- there's a prohibition in, uh, in, in some of the uh, uh, madahib regarding having women at the funeral. They, some, some of them will say it's uh, impermissible. Others will say it's permissible so long as they can be contained but then, uh, you know, and they can control their emotions. But the problem is sometimes you think they can control the emotions and sometimes there is this sort of competition where one of them starts wailing a little louder and the other one says, well, well I, I got to show my emotions. They get a little bit louder and then the next one and then eventually it becomes this. Everything just goes out of control where it, it just becomes a big show. Um, it will protect us from this uh, type of thing. And so it's better to say, hey, if you can't contain yourself and it's going to be all this screaming, well, you know, you shouldn't come to the funeral. Uh, and, the, uh, and so, yes, then Allah Ta'ala says, Competing in terms of money and in terms of children. I gave a khutbah earlier about, you know, the importance of having more kids because nowadays, subhanAllah, it seems that people are aiming less and less children. This is a really strange and wrong, uh, uh, um, you could say, um, trend. But subhanAllah, it would make sense in the sense that we are so obsessed with money that we don't want to share our money with anybody. And that's, that's the truth, right? That, that your money, my money's mine. I don't want to have so many kids and then all my time. I can't go to work. I can't make more money. I can't spend the way I want. I can't go on vacation and travel where I want. The kids are always taking up all my time and all my resources. And the Prophet ﷺ said, what? Authentic hadith. He said, I'll say that again. Please listen to this hadith. SubhanAllah. That indeed, there is a fitna for every ummah. Every ummah, every nation has a certain fitna that really messes with them. You know, something that's a trial that's really difficult upon them. And the fitna of my ummah is that cash, that bling bling, that money. Subhanallah, look at the ummah today. A'udhu billah. What is holding us back? What is making us so weak? Well, I mean... You know, everybody else is getting rich. What about me, right? No, no, I got to hold me and my own. Just it's all about me, me, me. I just got to hold on to my little dunya. Subhanallah. How long can you hold on for? 
So we have to ask ourselves a very important question. How much of your day is spent distracted with distractions? La'ibun. Oh, I'm still oh, 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 touching, touching, poking, poking. Oh, little games, little games. Calculate how much time. La'ibun. Walahun. Sorry, with, with games and with distractions. And also with beautification. SubhanAllah, some people they spend hours in front of the mirror. Right? Oh, I got a shopping. Oh, I got to get the new this and I got to get the new that. So how, how many hours of your life have you spent just going, checking one website to the other just so you could buy this shirt and then you wear it once and you throw it in the closet and you forget about it forever? SubhanAllah, how much time are you spending with playing? Yani la'ibun, batilun, you know, nonsense playing and then distractions from the akhirah, playing things and, and being distracted from what's important, your salawat and so on and so forth, reading books and learning your deen, memorizing the Quran, beautification. How much time do you spend doing things just to beat somebody else? I have what I need, but that guy has the bigger house. I need to work 10 times harder just to get a few more square foot, square feet in my house. Or that guy, just because he bought that car, and I know somebody actually, I have a friend of mine who, you know, he actually told me a story about how some guy, you know, he had a very nice car, he had a, a, a couple of nice cars, but then some guy drove up, <laughs> actually he already had the Tesla, that wasn't, that wasn't a big deal. He had something, anyway, some guy had the new Lambo or I can't remember what it was, something fancy. And uh, so he had to get the high, latest model, because he was like, what? And uh, anyway, there's a long story about how, uh, anyway, I don't want to get into the details. But anyway, this guy, he felt a certain competition with him. So he, I, he said, I had to spend on this ex super expensive car. I don't even think he likes it, to be honest. It's not even that like, it, but he just had to get it. He had to get the newer model of that other whatever car it was. And, uh, and I, got, he, I drove around, I mean, he drove me around in it. And I don't know, it just wasn't that, I was like, it's nice and all, but like, man, it's just a huge waste of money. Like, you already have nice cars and it's really loud and I don't know, it takes great turns, but I don't know, who cares? Anyway, so, um, yeah, what was I saying? Uh, uh, competing with others and then hoarding, yeah, money and children as trophies. Now, one interesting interpretation, one beautiful tafsir of this ayah is that it's actually talking about stages of life. La'ib yani at-tufula or asiba. It's talking about when you're a baby. Why? Because babies love toys. You know, you jingle keys in front of them and they, oh, they just want to want to play with, and that's from, let's say, zero to six, roughly. Then from seven to 12 is what? Uh, a shabab. They, now they want to play with more sophisticated toys. You know, the kids start to play with video games or now they can actually play with, you know, different, different types of more sophisticated toys, right? Instead of just running around all the time, they can actually, you know, decipher things. So, uh, then they go through puberty. Wazinatun makes perfect sense that before puberty, they don't care about the opposite gender, they don't care about beautification. And then when they go through puberty, let's say from 13 to 19, roughly around there, all they're thinking about is what? Checking themselves in the mirror and making sure they look a certain way and always trying to make themselves attractive to the opposite gender. So that so tufula was number one, a shabab is number two, and then al-futuwa. Al-futuwa is number three. And then boasting is al-kuhula. Al-kuhula is the age of, let's say, 20s and 30s. That's where everybody's trying to get their degrees. That's where everybody's trying to get that top spot at work, right? Because, you know, okay, well, I got the bachelor's, but he got the master's. Well, that guy got the PhD, and now he's getting paid this salary, I'm getting paid that salary, and that's when you all get married, and you start to, um, you know, uh, boast and try to be, compete with each other in these, these ways. But then as you get older, a sheikhucha, and from the 40s and upwards, that is now what, how much money can I hoard and how many kids can I have? And now, you know, oh, how are you doing? Oh, my, I have how many grandkids? Oh, I got 18 grandkids. And you, oh, I only have 12. Oh, that's too bad for you. You know, you, know, you see older people having conversations like this. So, then Allah says what? It's like this rain. And interesting, another word for rain is matar. But matar just means rain. Ghayth means rain that comes when people are desperate or losing hope. That's why we make the dua, Ya Hayu Ya Qayyum, bi rahmatik astaghith. 
istirata is when you ask for help. So this is like not just rain, like sort of run-of-the-mill rain, but this is we're talking about rain at a time of need, and like it really creates so much happiness. And also it's interesting that the word raith has a rain and a ya and a tha with one dot on the rain, two dots for the ya and three dots for the tha. So they say it's like, you know, when rain comes, it's ta, ta, ta. Ta ta ta, and then comes down, you know. So that's the that's the raith. I don't know. It's very very cute, very very beautiful idea. So yes, kamathili raithin a'jab al kuffar nabatuhu. So Allah is saying that it pleases the farmer. But instead of using the word zurra', as Allah mentions at the in the last ayah of Surah Fath, Allah mentions what kuffar. What's the difference? Wallahu a'lam. But it seems that one difference is that. Well, we all know that kufar can also mean disbelievers. I need to clarify this. Why? Because kufr means to cover. And who knows, maybe even the English word cover comes from kufr. I don't know that's true, but I feel like it might be true. Kufr, cover, right? Anyway, so, uh, so it means to cover something, right? So why is that the case? Because the farmer plants a seed, covers it, and the disbeliever knows the truth, hides it, pretends he doesn't know, and tries to bury it as if it's, no, 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 I don't even know. And he thinks he could bury his bad deeds and it'll go away, it'll never come back. But just like the seed, it will come back. It'll, it'll sprout and it'll reveal itself. So it'll reveal itself on Judgment Day, and you're either going to get the fruits of hellfire or paradise. And that's why there's two trees. <laughs> there's the, uh, Allah Ta'ala talks about the trees of paradise. And what is the name of the tree of hellfire? Zaqum, that's exactly right. So subhanAllah, how, how fascinating that we die and we come back and there's specifically trees in heaven and in hell. I think that's very, um, what's it called, powerful imagery and supposed to make us think. Anyhow, uh, the main point that I'm getting at is what? Oh, there's a mahdhuf, there's an omitted word, which is what? Hiya kamathali ghaythin. But anyway, the hiya is omitted. And Allah says that kamathali ghaythin a'jab al-kuffar. Why the word kuffar? Because it could have, yes, yes, he covers the seed, but why that, that word that has a negative connotation? Because the kafir, or the farmer who is a kafir, he only benefits himself. He does farming for his own self. Where the uh, zari' or the zurra', they are the farmers that benefit themselves and others. So there seems to be more of a positive edge to zurra' as opposed to kuffar. And obviously, who gets the most impressed by the worldly dunya, the, the actual kuffar, like in the sense of disbelievers, right? So it makes sense that Allah Ta'ala is giving this negative tone of them being so impressed with the dunya and uses the word that implies disbelievers. So I hope everybody sees the parallel there, inshallah ta'ala. So then, kamathali uh, ghaythin, uh, uh, a rain comes down, a'jab al-kuffar nabatuhu, and its growth is so impressive, he's so obsessed with this dunya. Then what happens next? Then it dries and you see it, see it turn yellow. Just accept the fact that everybody dries up, everybody gets weaker, your body's going to break down, you have to accept death and be okay with it. Then it becomes scattered debris. We are all going to die. A very similar ayat. Allah says what? Allah is the one who created you from weakness, then he made after weakness strength, then he made after strength weakness and shayba, white hair. And he created, he, uh, he creates what he wills, and he is the all-knowing and the all-competent. So yes, Allah Ta'ala is saying, listen, I can make you strong from weak to strong, but then I can make you from strong to weak. And this is a reminder to prepare for the akhirah. And in the afterlife, there is a severe punishment and forgiveness from Allah. And of course, we know that if from some, you know, the forgiveness of a person, if a person forgives you, you might expect a hug. If a very wealthy person forgives you, he might give you a gift. When Allah forgives you, subhanAllah, the expectation is the highest. Waridwan is his satisfaction with you. Because Allah Ta'ala doesn't just forgive you and is like, okay, I begrudgingly, no, I forgive you and I'm satisfied with you.
Allah's forgiveness is mentioned before his pleasure because sins prevent his pleasure, so the obstacle is removed. First I forgive, now I'm ple pleased with you. This verse seems to be referring to the pleasure Pleasures given to the believer as their soul leaves their body, thus bodily pleasures aren't mentioned, only spiritual ones. And also, you know, uh, uh, he becomes hutaman. It's, this is talking about him getting old and then turning to dust and dying. And then Allah Ta'ala mentions, you know, forgiveness and his pleasure. These are spiritual pleasures, not, not anything physical or worldly. And notice that Allah Ta'ala doesn't, men uh, men uh, doesn't mention who receives the severe punishment, nor the forgiveness and the pleasure of Allah. That's left for the reader to think about and become motivated to learn and to pursue. Then Allah says, وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ And what is this worldly life except for, uh, 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 except for the enjoyment of delusion? SubhanAllah, there are many different ayat that talk about this. Allah says, قُلْ مَتَاعُ الدُّنْيَا قَلِيلٌ وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ لِمَنِ اتَّقَى Say, the enjoyment of this world is little and the hereafter is better for those who fear Allah. There's so many ayats like this. There is the beautiful hadith when the Sahaba came in, they saw the Prophet was lying on something that was very rough and he was leaving lines on his back. And they said, Ya Rasulullah, we can get you like a softer mat and give you some sort of cushion to make you more comfortable. And then the Prophet responded and said, What? Mali wa mali dunya. What do I have to do with this world? I don't care about this dunya. Ma ana fid dunya illa karakibin istavalla tahta shajaratin thumaraha wa tarakaha. I am not in the world, but as a rider seeking shade under a tree, then he catches his breath for a little while and then he leaves it. I don't care. I'm not impressed with your dunya. It's very important when people show off with, oh, look at my new this and that. Be polite, say, yeah, that's very nice. But don't be overly obsessed with worldly things. It's really pathetic. Oh my God, can I sit in the, can I drive your this? And can I, oh my, can I sit in the, I don't know, the hot tub or something? Look, it's nice, mashallah, toys. Uh, very nice that you have lots of toys. Whatever, it's not that important. The afterlife is just a tool. Mata'a mata means an enjoyment, but it also means a tool. And the afterlife is a tool for, for the everlasting goal of paradise and avoiding the everlasting torment of the fire. Uh, perceiving this life in any other way is nothing but a deception, hence the connection of mata'a al-ghurur. And yes, subhanAllah, uh, Ibn al-Qayyim has a very beautiful quote. He says, أَشْبَهَ الْأَشْيَاءُ بِالدُّنْيَا manam." يَرَى فِيهِ الْعَبْدُ مَا يُحِبُّ وَمَا يَكْرَهُ فَإِذَا اسْتَيْقَضَ عَلِمَ أَنَّ ذَلِكَ لَا حَقِيقَةَ لَهُ He says, things in this dunya are similar to a dream. You guys know when you're dreaming and you see good things or bad things in the dream? He says, the slave sees what he either loves or hates in the dream, but when he awakens, he knows there's, there's no reality to it. What a powerful quote. In this dunya, there's no reality. That whatever, oh, I like this, oh, I remember that, that was bad. Yeah, but okay, what about, were you a good person or a bad person? That's the only thing that's going to matter. I had a little bit more, I had a little bit less, it will not affect you. Ali ibn Abi Talib has a very powerful quote, subhanAllah, and uh, I think I'll be finishing off with maybe one or two quotes from Ali ibn Talib. It's attributed to him, and Allah alam about the authenticity, but uh, inshallah, it's still a very beautiful quote. He says, لا تحزن على الدنيا فإن الدنيا ستة أشياء He says, don't worry about this world. Because only really six things. It's really quite a funny quote. مَأْكُولٌ وَمَشْرُوبٌ وَمَلْبُوسٌ وَمَشْمُومٌ وَمَرْكُوبٌ وَمَنْكُوحٌ He says they are, what are six things? Something you eat, something you drink, something you wear, something you smell, something you ride, and something you have intercourse with. Okay? These are the six things of this world. Nothing else. And then he goes into detail. <laughs> SubhanAllah, look at the details he gives. فَأَحْسَنُ طَعَامِهَا الْعَسَلُ وَهُوَ he says, as for the first one, right, the ma'kulun, the thing that you eat, or uh, yeah, yeah, ma'kulun, he says, the best thing that you can eat is honey, and that's the spit of bees, right? 
That's the best, that's the best thing you're going to eat. And it's the saliva or the excretion, the spit of a bee. That's the best. Honey, right? SubhanAllah, look at the reality. Look at the way he's placing how funny, <laughs> the way he, he puts it. Number two. He says, and as for the best drink, it's water. And everybody drinks that. Even every animal drinks that too. Like you're like, oh, the, man, a cool glass of water is the best thing in the world. It is. But everybody drinks it. You got every, every animal, everything. So, okay, how special is it? Next. He goes, and the best thing that you can wear is silk. And that is the excretion of a worm. Right? It's the, it's the, it's the web or the excretion of a worm. That's the best we got. That's the best we got. Like, why do you love this dunya so much? Look at all the best it has. It has it's terrible, right? Then he goes on. He goes what? Uh, uh, uh. He goes, and the best thing that you can smell is musk. And that is, he says, the, basically the blood of a rodent. Now, technically, uh, musk, comes from, uh, uh, musk can come from the secretions of civet cats, Beavers and musk deers. So maybe he's referring to either the civet cat or the beaver as a rodent. Maybe that's the way he's sort of categorizing it. But whatever. We don't have to get into the technicalities. But still, it's just some secretion of this animal. And that's the best thing we got, musk. And then he says what? He says, and the best thing that you can ride are horses, and that's where men get killed. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh, I'm riding this thing, it's picked off. You know? That's where, that's where guys go to die, basically. He's saying that, you know, riding a horse, that'll get you killed, right? So, subhanAllah, or you fall off of it, or whatever the case is, that's where people die. So, is there, you know, and you can say fancy cars, right? How many people drive fancy? Oh, look at me, I got this fancy car, and they crash and they die. SubhanAllah, that's where people die. That's the best we got? Great. And then what? Uh, and he says, and as for uh, 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 what you have intercourse with, it's when the place of urination is inside of another place of urination. Subhanallah. You know, bowl is urine, and mabal is the place of urination. He says, this is the best you got in this dunya. But when you think about it, it's your and hers. They come together, two places of urination. That's the best we got. Look at that. It's pretty, it's, it's rough, right? When you think about it, you're like, man, maybe this dunya is not so impressive after all, right? The best that we have to eat and drink and the best that we can smell, everything is just not that good, subhanAllah. And you think about it, you think, man, this guy's got a point. SubhanAllah, this is the wisdom, this is very, very deep. So anyway, another quote from Ali Muslim, last one, inshallah, he says, Ya dunya, ya dunya ilayka anni. Oh dunya, get away from me. Abi ta'arradti am ilayya tashawwakti. He says, to me, you present yourself. Is it me you want? He says, uh, it won't happen. Go deceive someone else. I have no need for you. I have divorced you three times, from, from which there is no return. Your duration is short. Your importance is little. And your aspirations are insignificant. It's remarkable how little uh, our provision is and how long the road ahead is and how far the journey is and how great the destination is. SubhanAllah, he says it so beautifully. Ahi min qillat al-zad wa al-tariq wa bu'd al-safar wa azim al-mawrid. So SubhanAllah, just... Ali ibn Talib had a very beautiful way with words, so I didn't do it justice. But anyway, these are the final points. And so may Allah Ta'ala make us of those who recognize this dunya for what it is. And inshallah Ta'ala, hopefully we open this up for comments and questions. Jazakallah khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh.